I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about the office of the President of the United States 101. So grab your Oval Office and let's get civical. Everybody, goodbye. Oh, that's it. Join us next time. Come back. I'm trying to make it fresh. You know what I mean? There's a boat, Jack. Come back with the whistle. (laughs) Wow. The fact that I wasn't cast as the whistle in Titanic is an actual crime. It's an actual crime. Yeah, but most Americans would agree that there was room on that fucking door. Look, science has told us. uh, Science has told us. Although, to be fair, to play devil's advocate for just one moment, if I was Rose. Mm-hmm. I probably would have let him drown too. Because look, at the end of the day, like <laughs> I can get another Jack, but I can't be another Rose. You know what I mean? Like sure, there's sure. only one of me and there's multiple of and him. Yes. Like, you know, like there's there's a Matt Damon out there somewhere who will just do this job just as well. Agreed. So love. I understand why people want to get mad at Rose, but honestly, like she was smart. Who she lived? Was- <laughs> hmm? Hmm? <laughs> who was the liver? The liver. The liver. <laughs> <laughs> so this is let's get civical <laughs> my name is lizzie stewart i'm arden walentowski and today we are weirdly not talking about titanic <laughs> although maybe we should do although, a recap of that, is that movie is that civics is the titanic sinking civics it's not just say it might i it's feel like history. we could make it civics there's we a could way, make there's a way where we could be like there were laws like like yeah there were laws broken there was there was a trial afterwards right i think so all right guys also do like um like a a, from the perspective of james cameron like what did he have to do 
to get to go down to the Titanic? Like, I feel like that. Yeah. What does one have to do? What to does get, one have to do? Yeah. I mean, other than being, is there any like, other option? Other than being James Cameron? Is James Cameron the only person who can go look at the Titanic wreckage? Yes or yes? Yes or yes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is the answer to that question. Because who else, who else, name me one name who has gone down and seen the Titanic other than James Cameron? Uh, n- nobody. If... If only James Cameron has seen the wreckage of the Titanic, did the Titanic actually sink? Wow. Am wow. I an, am I an elder? Like <laughs> Am I an elder of this tribe? I, I don't think know. so. I think you just became I'm just saying you are now older than me. I yeah, thank you. <laughs> I've aged five hundred years. I'm just saying the only person that I know of that has seen the Titanic is James Cameron, who made a film, and I just feel like what if it was all a huge ploy? Like the moon landing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Reckon. But no, instead of talking about the Titanic, which maybe we'll do an episode episode on later. I don't know. Maybe a birthday episode for me. Um, we'll, <laughs> We're going to talk about the president of the United States. 101. 101. Not our current president. No, no. His name shall so not sorry. slip through thy lips for this episode. No, no. We are focusing on the office of the presidency. Yeah. What it's actually supposed to be doing. Yep. Where it's from. Where it's been what how's it feeling what you have to do to be like what are the requirements yeah. of an individual to be president what do they get when they leave because yeah. they still get stuff we love yep so that's what we're talking about today uh, so yeah. buckle up put on your life jackets because there aren't enough lifeboats here we go <laughs> So <laughs> thank you for bringing that back around. Of course, I am a comedian. You I am all about master. recalling the joke. Will I bring up Titanic four more times in this episode? Yes. Count them. OK, oh, yes. so it's going to be super weird uh, what I'm about to say. But the office of the president of the United States is found in the Constitution. God, I know. Wow. I know. I did we've not never, see that coming. We've never met her. We've no. never met her before. No. So I don't I'm think we've ever mentioned the I don't Constitution know the before Constant- on the show. You should. Um. It's going to be crazy that I'm about to read from the Constitution because that's just not something that I've ever done before ever. So let's do what we always do and whip out our constitutions because we're going to Article 2. So first we're going to Article 2, Section 1. And this article is all about the election requirements and removal from office. (laughs) We're starting off strong. (laughs) This is what it reads. The executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States of America. <laughs> wow. That's wow. One sentence. Great. Honestly, Love. look, this is specific. This is specific. This is exactly what I'm looking for. It's just like this. The president of the United States is the executive power. Great. Done. Okay, Thank good. you very much. Great. Simples. Even start us out simple founding fathers. Just who is this? James Madison. Just like keep little nuggets. Little nuggets. Little okay. nuggets. Next Spoon sentence. He Yep. <clears throat> yep. Shall hold his office during the term of four years and together with the vice president chosen for the same term be elected. Yeah. Ugh, that's a bad sentence. It's just like be elected it feels like an afterthought you know like be elected be elected i mean it's like be elected by like the electoral college no i understand i'm just saying it's still a bad sentence it is a bad sentence no i'm not at all constitution there's eighteen thousand parentheticals in here like always and there's 10 words so i love that (laughs) i love that yes so this mean this is exactly what it means which is they will hold an office for four years. Yeah. Love. Bless. Yes. So and the executive office at the same is, time. Yeah. The executive office is the president of the United States and they can be there for four years. That's what we've gotten Done. so far. We love. Okay. No person except a natural born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained to the age of 35 years and be 14 years a resident within the United States. Who is the editor of the Constitution? (laughs) I have notes. I feel like how could nobody give this a second pass and be like, James, 
what is going on? What is going, there's like I love this attained to the age of thirty five years. To the well, I've this attained is my, like, to the age of thirty five. When I turn forty, I will have attained to the age of forty. Absolutely, put it on my goddamn cake. I know. Honestly, <laughs> on my tombstone, she attained to the age of seventy eight, <laughs> and that's it. Nothing that's else. It. Nothing else. Attained to the age of yeah, and been fourteen years and a 14 resident years in resident. the United States. So this really bad run-on sentence says you have to be a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States. Yeah. You have to be thirty-five years old. Yeah, and you have to have lived in the United States for fourteen years. Uh, yes. Okay, thirty-five years. I get it's it's thirty-five. Right. Fourteen. And I don't. That seems very we're getting, random. We're, like we we do this a lot though. Yeah. These these guys they do this a lot where they're like, what's a number? <laughs> I don't pick know. It out of the, the, what pick it out of the bonnet. The other thing. Oh, we said seven. Okay, uh, let's double that. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no fourteen. That's half their lifespan. <laughs> yeah, you. I guess like if you literally. Were, yeah, that's, a, that's at maybe least they were trying to achieve like you have to for like the majority of your adult life for all for your adult oh, life. From you 21? had to. Yeah, like. But that's so. But like, how is that your? How is that your adult life when you're dying at elite like? old age is 50 right so like you're listen they thought 35 year olds could be president and i'm just saying i still live in a studio apartment and like watched you <laughs> and i am Arden, very close to 35 absolutely be president <laughs> you could absolutely be president Thank you for your i am not ready <laughs> <laughs> because i would get you know i'd get briefs i'd get briefs and yeah. i'd be like what who's writing these you get the pdb i what presidential daily brief oh my god <laughs> i didn't realize you and the brief were on nickname terms <laughs> so that's the first section uh so we want to take a quick little tangent aside about yep. this natural born citizen stuff arden take it away steer there's steer the iceberg the ship. steer the ship pull the iceberg ship. right Move. ahead iceberg right ahead <laughs> that's my role <laughs> come on you bastards <laughs> He had one day of work. <laughs> Come on, you bastards! You can see, you can see the fake ice in his breath. Uh, oh anyways, he that Hello, is, is anyone play. down there? Hello, is anybody out there? Can anybody hear me? This is again not about Titanic, but we are going to talk about what a natural-born citizen means. Yes, we are. Because now I'm crying. Okay, a natural-born citizen. When you hear the term, you immediately think, okay, they have to be born here. Born here, yeah. In the United States. Not necessarily. So a natural no. Yeah, right. So a natural born citizen is someone who was a citizen at birth with no need to go through a natural naturalization proceeding at some later time. I understand. So this is like your parent is a citizen. This is your parent is a citizen. And if your parent is a citizen, you're automatically a citizen. Yes. So Congress has made equally clear from the time of the framing of the Constitution. Wait, to the current I'm so day. sorry. Congress has made nothing equally clear from the time <laughs> of the framing of the Constitution. Who wrote this? Come on. Uh, do you know the con the Congress? I'd love to introduce you. <laughs> sorry. Keep going. I didn't mean love to love to introduce you to the Congress. Um that subject to certain residency requirements on the parents, someone born to a U.S. citizen parent generally becomes a U.S. citizen without regard to whether the birth takes place in Canada, the Canal Zone, or the continental United States. The Canal Zone? Yeah. What does that mean? I forget where I pulled this quote from because like I should have said it. Like the Panama Canal? Oh, this is all from Harvard. This is all from the Harvard Law Review. I love them. Big so, like, I trust the Harvard Law Review to I'm tell me about natural-born citizen stuff. Yeah. So SCOTUS has basically interprets this like natural-born citizen thing like they understand it through the lens of like British common law <laughs> right they're like mm, this thing that we tried so hard to get rid of we're gonna now use it to interpret this document that we wrote to divorce ourselves from, from you them. yeah and then also the actions of the first congress <laughs> yeah so they use both things to kind of help them understand like what natural born citizen means the laws enforced in the 1700s recognized that children born outside of the british empire to subjects of the crown were subjects themselves and explicitly used the british used natural born citizen or natural born to encompass such children so like they're using the same it's the same thing are like, you which saying is why that we have copied something that great britain is doing yeah, we've. It's something we don't do like at all. 
We don't ever, do this. Usually. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Never copy. I've never. No, I mean, that's very like. It's very unlike I us. feel like we're acting up and lashing out, to be honest. Are we 14 and getting our belly button pierced? Like, what? Oh, my God this moment we're having <laughs> so crazy okay so, so they crazy. were like the british do this right like so when we, shall we <laughs> so shall we like because if you think about it like when the, the colonists came over from england mm-hmm. and settled here like they were still all british subjects even though they weren't there there yeah so they're doing the same thing just love in, just you know a flips a <laughs> different way across the pond as Love. it were there's also something called the blackstones commentaries commentaries which uh, commentaries i have been watching so much british television that yeah. just came out look it was a text widely circulated and read by the framers and routinely invoked in interpreting the constitution it's like the federalist papers where people go back and they're like okay but what did they say right. like what's not the law but what's the context this is somebody for else's the constitution diary. this is somebody else's diary yeah. this is apparently somebody named blackstone so then the naturalization act of 1790 which is like how I said they use the SCOTUS uses British common law or used in the past uh, more closely to when the constitution was written British common law. And then the first uh, acts of Congress to interpret this like natural born citizen thing, Mm -hmm. the natural naturalization act of 1790 states that the children of citizens of the United States that may be born beyond sea or out of the limits of the United States shall be considered as natural born citizens, provided that the right of citizenship shall not descend to persons whose Others have never been a re- been resident in the United States. Like it was only, only the passed dads? down through the dads. That's so. Ugh. It's such bullshit. Ew. I know. Guys, come on. I know. Reckon with our history. It's so it's so gross. But then, of course, the Naturalization Act was expanded <laughs> to include children who were born abroad to to citizens to their to mothers who were citizens yeah. of the united states at first it was like as long as the father had been a resident at some point and now it's just like literally if you're if i if a parent if a parent is a citizen of the united states and you're born in france you're still a resident you're a, resident you're, resident. you're a u.s citizen love and yeah. so why is so this important yes yeah. um, um because ted that's how ted cruz could be president yeah because there's a lot of people like i don't understand he wasn't born here he was me? born in <laughs> it was me. canada <laughs> he was ted cruz was born in canada but his mother was a u.s citizen and that's how mm-hmm. we got ted cruz yeah. bless unbless so <laughs> curse you <laughs> that's why that's why this is important so next up in the constitution because we're going to keep reading we're we're back from our aside that we've we've steered the ship back to course the next section of this part about the president and the constitution reads the president shall at stated times receive for his his services <laughs> a compensation which n- shall neither be increased nor diminished during the period for which he, he, shall have been elected, and he, he, shall not receive within that period any other emolument. Emo- I was going to do it. <laughs> Sorry. Emolument from the United States or any of them. So this is about money. This is about like, money. They're we're like, not going to give you a, we're not going to give you a raise, but we're no. not going to decrease it. Right. You, like whatever While you sign serving, the contract is what you're going to get. You get no pay raise, but you also cannot be demoted in your pay. And there's What's also emolument like, mean? He, 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 he can only receive a paycheck from the federal government and not anybody else. We right. cannot bribe the president. And that's what the, right. I love that the founding fathers were like, we're so stressed right. that one of us is going to get bribed. Somebody, Cause it's like, it's literally like John, so John, scared. John and the goat. They're yeah. like, one of us is going to get bribed. Yep. They were we really have to afraid. write it down. Yeah. The next part of the constitution will read this before he he enter on the execution of his office his he he shall take the following oath of affirmation i do solemnly swear or affirm that i will faithfully execute the offices of president of the united states and will to the best of my ability preserve protect and defend the constitution of the united states I love that. I, I, the reason why I love this is because, you know, they were in the writer's group and they were like, okay, we have to come up with the oath. Right. Uh, and there was like, they would like practice. It'd be like, okay, John, your turn. You try say it, say it this way. Okay. Now let's move that word around and now let's hear it. Right. They like workshopped it. I love that. And they each took turns reading it. Yeah. 
the founders are very like we're very concerned about the president because yes. we hated the king. <clears throat> yes, and so please, the, we're gonna lay it all out for you. They, like, this, this is, is where they did their the, their work. This is the body. They went as far is, as yeah. to create the oath. Right. So next is section two. Section two, because <laughs> that was just section one. That was section one. There, there are four sections of this article, and fear not, they as they increase, they get less complicated. Yeah, which may like, or may not be a blessing because the last one is about impeachment. So, like, Love. maybe a little bit more help there. But anyway, section two gives the president the power to be commander in chief of the army and navy of the United States and of the militia of the several states when called into the actual service of the United States. I know I've talked Say about states this before. One more time. So many states, but I can't get over the phrase the actual service. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've made this joke before, but it, it doesn't get old. It's just it actually <laughs> the literal service. The literal service. Uh, it's a little on the nose. I love that. He may require the opinion in writing of the principal officer in each of the executive departments upon any subject relating to the duties of their respective offices, which means basically he can be like, hey, yo, Treasury, give me a report on where we are with the money. (laughs) Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you know how the president talks. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Give me a report. Give me a report. Tell me about what's going on in your department. Yeah. He can re- that this gives him the power to request all of those things and they the department heads have to tell them. Tell the president Love. what is happening in their jurisdiction of duty. Love. Yeah. He he shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States except in cases of impeachment. Which we did talk about. We've talked about. We've talked about pardons. We've talked about pardons. Do you remember? Guys, go listen to our presidential pardons episode. It's hot. I'm so sorry. It's It's very attractive. It's a very attractive episode. Not that it's about attraction, but it's steamy. Um, Yeah, we've talked about this. He he, He can give a pardon to anybody charged with a federal crime, except for the cases of impeachment. Yep. He shall have power... He shall have power by and with the advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties, provided two thirds of the senators present concur. Present. It's not even like the whole body. No, it's literally just like who's two, who's here. Who's well, here? Two thirds are here, and they say yes. John, yeah. John, and the goat. Great, we're Great. doing it. <laughs> we're at peace. We're- <laughs> we're at peace. We're at love. He he shall nominate and by. And with, oh my the, god, I, fuck Abs- you and, and your by and with, and he, there oh. and for, and there tomorrow and, and tomorrow <laughs> and tomorrow, <laughs> and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate shall appoint ambassadors, other public ministers, High Great Britain, and Hi. consuls, hello, 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 judges of the Supreme Court, and all other officers of the United States, whose appointments, oof, that was long are not herein otherwise provided for and which shall be established by law. <laughs> Colon. But the Congress <laughs> may by law vest the appointment of such interior offices as they think proper in the president alone in the courts of law or in the heads of departments. Okay, I blacked out and I want to tell you why. I want to tell you why. So this is directly from the Constitution. Yeah. It refers to the humans on the Supreme Court as judges. I know, right? As judges. I, like, I dissent. I dissent. But also, I was like, see, they did it. They all did it. Fucking high horses. I know, they're like, you cannot justices. call me justice. And I'm like, have you read the Constitution? It calls you judges, baby. Judge. Wow. Wow. I literally read that and then completely stopped listening to yeah. anything else you were saying. Because right. I was like, is this... For real? <laughs> yeah, no, it says judges. It says judges. Yep. Judges of the Supreme Court. If you haven't listened to our SCOTUS episode, I highly recommend that you go listen to it. It is very, very yummy, delicious. You put it in your mouth and you're like, mm-mm. <laughs> but we talk about how it's, you, you're you not, it's like. It's like offensive to call them, to a, call judge. them a judge. Yeah, they're justices. I'm, like, I, I'm so sorry. I've read the Constitution. Have you not? Oh, Have you not? I'm sorry. Yeah. So basically what this is saying is that the president gets to nominate people to federal office, various types of federal offices, like ambassadors, heads of the departments, like all of the yeah. 
the hearings of cabinet members. All um, the all the nominations. All the nominations. Seen, you know them. You love them. There have been so many because they so, keep leaving. Because they keep leaving. Literally, there's nobody left except Rick Perry. Who have found the right frame for his face. <laughs> After that, we're thankful. Uh, and then basically what the rest of this is saying is that, like, the people below those heads of departments and the ambassadors and whatever, like, not everybody has to go through a confirmation hearing. Not yeah. everybody has to go through the Senate because that would be ridiculous. The only thing that they did. Right. So they can just, like, they can be appointed as is seen proper by whoever oversees like whoever yeah. is has the power to make that decision be it the president the law the court sorry the courts or the heads of the departments love their staff love yep section two also gives the president the power to fill any vacancies that may happen during the recess of the senate by granting commissions which shall expire at the end of their next session wait what so this is commonly referred to as a recess appointment it- <laughs> No, I. That that explains everything. Now that you've said it that way, and we're done. I was like, oh, a recess appointment. Sure. What <laughs> for the Senate? No, for um, for oh. federal offices. Okay, that's what I was confused yeah, about. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, you were yeah. like they were appointing a senator who had like like a vacancy in the Senate, and I was right. like, right, no, executive because, overreach. No, because you. If you read like it's not well well written what that's, the founding fathers did no. because if you were to read it. It is very confusing that it's yeah. not clear what vacant, like where this vacancy is. And yeah. then they mention the Senate. So you are forgiven for thinking it's Thank um, you. vacancies I in the Senate. I thought you would never talk to me again. <laughs> Love you forever. But in this case, they're talking about federal offices. So let's put it more plainly from the, this is from the Congressional Research Service, which is like great. Probably my favorite thing about our government. They write, re- like if they write really good papers. Can they revise the Constitution? Seriously. And also, I'm a dork because I like the Congressional Research Service. Look, I wouldn't have you any other way. (laughs) So they say, quote, when the Senate is in recess, the president may make a temporary appointment called a recess appointment to any such position without Senate approval. Got it. And then that expires. So it depends on when the recess appointment is made. Okay. So Uh, if it's, yeah. So if it's. I just feel like the Senate is always in recess. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So the recess appointment expires at the end of the term of Congress that is next convened if the appointment is in is made in the intercession. I know. Don't cry. (laughs) And for the current and following term for an intercession appointment. So basically, like if you are so the Congress is in session for two years. Yes. So if the appointment is made and during those two years, Mm -hmm. they get to serve for that current term and then the following term oh that's some bullshit it's kind of bullshit but if it's made in between the two terms uh-huh it's just one term it's just one term I just and they like... don't have to be nominated and unless they unless that that person like wants to keep their job after their term is up right or like let's say like the, that president gets reelected and they want that person to stay on and blah yeah. blah blah then they would have to appoint they would have to nominate that person to the senate yeah but if it's a recess appointment they get just get to serve. I don't like it. Yeah, it's a little, it feels very presumptuous. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. Supreme Court has had something to say about this. Okay. They've held that the president's recess appointment power extends to both intercession and intracession recesses. <laughs> but that intercession the, and intracession? Yeah. In my life. <laughs> it means either between sessions or during session. No. Yeah. But that the ascent, but that essentially the recess must be 10 days or longer in duration. So it's not just like we're out, like we're ta- like bless. It's the 4th of July yeah. and we're going on vacation. Bless. <laughs> God bless America. America. <laughs> um, and I'm going to like appoint a Supreme court. Like that's not how that goes. Yeah. It's, it has to be 10 days or longer in duration, which really doesn't happen all that much anymore mm. that they go on recess for that long. Mm-hmm. Probably because could you imagine? No, the they're like, we can't that risk it. That's why, that's why Elizabeth Warren just stays in the Senate. She's like, I can't risk it. <laughs> We're, no not, we're not in recess here. until I'm in recess. <laughs> and recess is never. Love. 
Section three, we're still in the Constitution. It's all good. We're having fun. Okay. <laughs> he, he shall from time to time give to the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he, he shall judge necessary and expedient. Expedient? Expedient? Yes. <laughs> your Texas. Expedient. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Sunday morning. I was never going to get it. I was never going to get you it. Expedient. Did. You got expedient. it. I do know own. the word expedient, but looking at it on the page, I was like, I mean, who writes the word expedient? Except the, the founding fathers to trip me up. So this is why we have the State of the Union. Basically, yes. the president has to come before Congress and be like, it's all going bad. <laughs> and that's um, the state of our union is. The state of our union is that. Yeah. The next part is he, he may on extraordinary occasions convene both houses or either of them. And in case of disagreement between them, will respect to the time of adjournment, he may adjourn them to such time as he shall think proper. <laughs> the look on our producer just, is like our producer's like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> what come on you bastards that's exactly <laughs> the moment um so he so he can convene both houses so he can be like senate house come yeah you're not or, working well together yeah or he can be like senate just you yeah or house just you yeah and if they're disagreement they can be like time out yeah you're adjourned Right? Is that what it That's says? That's what. Th- yes. That, I mean, I don't. With respect to the time of adjournment, he may adjourn them to such t- like. Fuck you. You just wrote the same thing twice backwards. Yes. That is a mirror of like those words. With respect to the time of adjournment, he may adjourn them to such time. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Like he can just tell them to go away. They're, they're like, no. <laughs> go home. I. I. No. No. And then finally, the last part of this one is he he shall receive ambassadors and other public ministers he he shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed and shall commission all the officers of the united states bless great so he he just he can receive people yeah (laughs) it's a hostess of the mostess you you guys can come over to my house We'll have we have snacks and refreshments. Do you um, like McDonald's? Do you like McDonald's? Also, it's just like making sure that everything's going well, sort of overseeing how it's going. It looks like we're all running smoothly. And yeah. that's what that part of it means. That's what that means. All right. Section four. This is the last section. Last section, people. Quite frankly, in our current day and age, I think we needed a little bit more mm-hmm. elaboration on this fourth section because it's hella important and there's nothing in it. Lay it on me. Um, the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States states shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Yeah, I just feel like we could have had two paragraphs here. Yeah. It's so interesting to me because the founding fathers... And the goat were all so like afraid of the monarchy and and right. tyranny and Bless, was that you. it? That's I was, so I, was stre- I got stressed about saying tyranny. That I I felt like if they would have fleshed out anything, it would have been like what to do if somebody is right. bad because right. they were so paranoid right. that somebody with too much power was going to be bad right you think they would have been like we've been through this before yeah here are the lessons we've learned i feel like we just threw caution to the wind a little bit here john 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 and the goat like i just feel like we could have written a little bit more right <laughs> but if you want to know more about impeachment you should go over to our impeachment episode yes, uh, with ophira because we've done one <laughs> have we done an episode for everything not yet but we're chipping away we're chipping away we're chipping away love and so that's the impeachment yeah, and that's the Constitution section of the president of our presidency. Yep. Congratulations, everybody! We have once again read the Constitution. Okay, so after the president, so after our president leaves office, they die. <laughs> Just kidding. Just I mean, kidding. eventually. I mean, they do eventually die. But yeah, that's not true. But they do live a life afterwards. Yeah, they do. So they get a few things if they're a president. First of all, if they're a Democrat, we talked about this in our convention episode. Go listen to it. Go listen to it. Also, get your tickets for convention. They get to be... So if they're a Democratic president, they get to be an unpledged slash super delegate for life. For life. Yeah. 
They get secret service protection for them and their spouse for life. Can I do a quick fun fact? Please. That is just about this very specific thing. Yeah. Um, So when Harry S. Truman had left office, I think it was, I feel like it might have been JFK or Lyndon B. Johnson who, who created this, this law, this protection that like presidents after they're done always get secret service protection for the rest of their life. Yep. And Harry S. Truman hated the Secret Service so much that he would often, because he went to live, he went back to Missouri, to Independence, Missouri, to live out the rest of his days there after he was president. Uh I've been to his house and his presidential library. It's super fun. And on the tour of his house, the tour guide, who was very nice, told a story of like when the Secret Service was around, he would like make them do gardening and like put them to work. And he hated them so much. And he would often just like, try to sneak away and the secret service would have to track him down he hated the secret service I love that. not like what they did they were he just felt they were so unnecessary and such right. a nuisance on his life that he was like very against having to like deal with them all the time he just That's like so didn't want to have them so fun facts it's thank enough. you to the home of harry s truman you do a great tour it's in independence missouri everybody in missouri go it's super fun <laughs> i had a great time i would love that yeah so that was a that was a quick fun fact. I love that fun fact. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So they get secret service protection for life. Their children get protection until they're 16. Unless okay. they're still like, I mean, they get it if their parents are still in the presidency. Yeah. Yeah. They get their salary for life with no preclusions for payments for other work. Great. So they get an annual pension equal to the pay for a cabinet secretary. Huh. Which is, uh, which in 2017 was 200 $7,800. Wow. Right? Yeah. Widows of former presidents are eligible for a $20,000 a year pension. Huh. Right. What? Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So those are the things you get if you're, if you were a president and the presidents are most, you know, modern presidents have gone on to do some moderately to very interesting things mm-hmm. in their post-presidential lives. Yeah. Obama went skydiving. Yeah, Obama's so. doing stuff with Netflix. I don't know what George Bush is doing. but He's painting. He's painting. We yep. love it. Clinton. Uh, um, the rise and fall is, of one Bill Clinton. Is up and down and up, up and, and down, down and all over. Rest in peace, Papa Bush. He has obviously very recently passed away. Reagan also dead. Passed away many moons ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did he die early or was he just really old when he took office? He was in his 70s. Oh, okay. So that makes yeah. sense. And then but you guessed our it. boy Carter. Jimmy Carter's still Don't moving and grooving. Bacon and shaking. I, I love him so much. We, I love Jimmy Carter love so much. We really have to go down to Georgia. We are going to Georgia to to see Jimmy Carter. To see Jimmy Carter. That's where he is. We love him. So that's post-presidency. So there's we can throw in. Lizzie's going to do fun facts. I'm going to round fun it out with fun facts. You know I do fun facts. I'm going to do... I think it's fun, but I'm also a huge fucking dork. So there... You fun. literally titled this section, Not So Fun Facts. <laughs> I did not title it that. You were literally... So this is your... I'm excited. This is Arden's version of Not So Fun Facts. <laughs> so the... When we were talking about how presidents get elected. So back when we were talking about the, in the first first section of the article, it talked about how, like, what you had to, you know, what the requirements were to become president. And the 12th Amendment was enacted because there was a tie for presidency between Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr. Wow. In 1800. Aaron Burr. Yeah. What? God, I'm just like, sit, settle down. Just go sit down yeah he just pops up everywhere he's I mean, everywhere like, this is before all of like the dramas choo, with choo, him choo. like where he got a little trigger abby if i will choo, choo, choo. but i'm just like aaron aaron this yeah. one yeah and this one wasn't really his fault but yes i mean like well, he's just if always you live in involved. chaos like you draw it to you i know he's always involved yeah. he's got to be the center of attention so at the time that the constitution was written article one had uh or sorry article two section one had a little bit more stuff in it they wrote <laughs> more in it which has now since been replaced by the 12th amendment mm-hmm. so in the original drafting of section one if no candidate received the majority of the votes of the electoral college but they also received the same amount of votes as another candidate. Congress was the body that was to decide the election by by vote. They would vote on the election. I mean, each state was allocated one vote. We did talk about this in our electoral college episode. Right? I do remember this yeah. now. I yes. was like, yes. yeah. So we talked about what happened when the electoral college didn't work. <laughs> right, right, right. 
So so Burr was Jefferson's running mate, and they both got the same amount of votes for the presidency because mm. each electoral college member got two votes, and so they like voted yeah for Jefferson down and the for line, Burr, yeah. and then it was like okay, well this isn't. It just doesn't work. <laughs> this was wrong. The math does not we add up. We did not do this right. Love that. And so Jefferson and Burr ended up with the same amount of votes for president. And so the tie exposed this very real problem in the system that was created in 1787. And the one state, one vote rule in the con- in Congress basically had the effect of giving Delaware's only representative, this guy Bayard, um, who the, was goat. A, the goat, who was a Federalist. He had the same voting power as Virginia, which was like the largest state in the union at the yeah. time and yeah. also like home to Jefferson. And so people were a little bit like, wait, this one guy gets to decide who gets to be president. Like yeah. he gets to be the tipping point. And I'm like, hello, are you upset about that? Do you hello, think maybe we should Wisconsin. revisit? Also, hello, Iowa. Also very upset. I see we, you. <laughs> the American people would like a word yes, about how the electoral uh, college is messed. We love. Uh, yeah. So they kept voting, have kept voting in Congress to like break this tie between Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr. And it was on the 36th ballot. Yes, play the long game. Waited out that Bayard agreed to vote for Jefferson and he broke the the deadlock. So the GOAT agreed to vote for Jefferson. Yeah. And that's how Je- Jefferson became president. And that's how Jefferson became president. Love. Right? That's so interesting because I feel like we view Thomas Jefferson as like, wow, he must have been elected like... People loved him. With popularity. And it took 36 ballots to get him... <laughs> To victory. Yeah. Love. Love. So because of this, I mean, it ended up being like a peaceful transition. Jefferson was elected and everything was fine and nobody died. But after the Jefferson Burr fiasco, they passed the 12th Amendment in 1803. It was ratified in 1804. And the electors of the Electoral College continued to cast votes during the gen- during continued to cast votes during the election for the person they, that they wanted. But now one would be for the president and one would be for the VP. So they split the ballot. So they split the ballot. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And now it's time for fun, fun facts. Uh, I'm so excited about these. These all of all of these are from they're from three different places. They're from National Geographic for kids. They're from the education (laughs) site Duxters for kids. And they're from the Smithsonian. Kids kids. get the best facts. I'm just like, how dare you think this is only for kids? Like, I'm so these are I'm about to blow your mind. Oh, my God. I'm going to sit back and just like talk to me. Tell me a story. Okay, the first fun fact. Abraham Lincoln. These are fun facts about Former presidents. Yes. Abraham Lincoln was the tallest president, standing at six foot four. Fuck, man. And James Madison was the shortest. He was five foot four and weighed 100 pounds. That is tiny. He was little. He was a baby. He was very small. 100 pounds. Yes, 100 pounds. Wow. I'm three James Madisons, I feel like. (laughs) Shit, James. Yes. Wow. Uh, I think you needed some protein in your diet. I know. Next fun fact, Harry Truman was a haberdasher before he went into politics. I literally just wrote this one down because I love the term haberdasher. If you don't know what a haberdasher is. I know the term haberdashery, which I'm guessing is the place where they sell the haberdash. Yeah, the haberdasher is someone who deals in men's clothing, specifically hats. Yes. And so that's what Harry was doing before he went into politics. Aw, Harry. George Washington was the only president who was elected unanimously. They so. were like, you want us to like, war. We have no one else. You want There's us the five war of us and Brits. a goat. <laughs> Three presidents have died on the 4th of July. What? Thomas Jefferson and James Madison died on the same day. And then James Monroe also died on the 4th of July, but five years later. Witchcraft f- is real. I feel like... Why was this never covered on Unsolved Mysteries? I don't know. But yeah. John Tyler, President John Tyler, had 15 children. And he wow. he married a 24-year-old when he was like 54 or 64 and Gross. ended up having like nine more children with her. Oh, so because he had children like- when he was like in his like deathbed, two of his grandchildren are still living. Oh, my God. Come on the show. I know. Um, Very exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> Only because I want to see. I know. Oh, well, I think they are very old. Oh, okay. Well, very we would old. have to go we to them. have to go to them. So Martin Van Buren was the first president born after the American independence. So oh. he was born on U.S. soil as a U.S. president. Every other president had been born technically 
somewhere else. There's something that's like super hot about the the like the former British sub British subjects writing in the Constitution that like we are no longer British. We're subjects. no longer under we your are control. Americans now, bitches. Like that <laughs> just yeah. seems so. I don't. I find that super sexy, and I have no idea. why. I love that. Um, this m- might be my favorite fun fact. <gasps> President Gerald Ford was a fashion model in his youth. <laughs> What? He appeared on the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine. I will 100%. Oh God, guys, that. I will be finding this. I will do everything oh, I can to find this photo of President God. Gerald Ford as a fashion model. I hope it still exists. I will do everything oh I can my to God. find it. If we need our this connection. This is from Smithsonian, so you know it's real. Oh, my God. If we need our connection to the Library of Congress to shoot Pull us me a up. screenshot. Pull me like up the we... Gerald Ford cover of Cosmopolitan <gasps> magazine. Yes, well, Gerald. I want to know what he's wearing. I don't know. Well, I want to know. So, Maybe oh just my god! Like, if he's like in a little like a page boy, boy yeah. hat and yeah. a little vest. Oh my god! So cute, Gerald. <laughs> okay, this is what I'm very excited about. Four presidents have received the Nobel Peace Prize, which are in no particular order: President Obama, Theodore Roosevelt, Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> that seems like a mistake. And Jimmy, my boyfriend Carter. <laughs> He got an all of these rice because he sold his peanut farm. We love you, Jimmy. Uh, so excited. He got the Nobel Peace Prize. Why? Because he's cute <laughs> and peaceful. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I can't believe what Joe Wilson got it. I'm just like, what have you met? What about Theodore Rosa got? Rosa got. Roosevelt? Roosevelt got it for. Probably his work with the Panama Canal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, I have no idea. That would be, my guess. That would be my guess. He was loved. He so, was really beloved. Um, He did a lot. He was, yeah. he was a working boy. I mean, he deserves it. Yeah. Woodrow Wilson can, you know, just drift off into the abyss of nothing. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt, another fun fact, wore a lock of Lincoln's hair for his inauguration. I've seen this on multiple sources. Because at first I was like, this isn't true. But then I saw it. I saw it at on the National Geographic one. And then I saw it on the Smithsonian one. And I was like, oh, so it's real. It's real. But I'm like, number one, where did you get a lock of Lincoln's hair? Number two. Where are you wearing it? Like, I guess it's like pinned. Or, yeah. In a vial? Like, are you, you Angelina you, Jolie? You, Billy Bob you, burning it? You read that out loud, and I was like, it's clearly in a vial around his neck. Yeah. Tie, like, <laughs> it's in a pocket square. In, in his a pocket square. Yeah. Why? Because Lincoln? Because Lincoln is, you know. Because Lincoln. Because Lincoln. Why not Lincoln? I mean. I would wear a lock of Lincoln's hair. Yeah, sure. Big fan. Big fan of Lincoln. Love Six Lincoln. Four. Come on. That's all a lot of man. <laughs> A very tall that's man. That's a lot of gentlemen right there. That's a, that's, a, that's a yummy piece of flesh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I actually don't think that. Do you think Abraham Lincoln was hot? No. Okay, great. I just needed to check. <laughs> Look. I needed to verify. I haven't completely lost it. <laughs> Next fun fact. This is a fun, fun fact. FDR was the first president to elect a woman to his cabinet. Oh. And that woman was... Francis Perkins as the Secretary of Labor. Oh, yes. Yes. And fun fact, and this is fun fact, uh, fun self-promotion in the play convention that we talked about in our- That Lizzie is that in. I'm in. And that Buy the tickets, playwright I'll Danny Rocco wrote, who was our guest on our episode of conventions. Francis Perkins is a character. Oh. Yeah. Next fun fact. Abraham Lincoln attended seances in the White House. I feel like we would have gotten along with Abe Lincoln. First of all, oh, emancipation. But totally, like, yeah. All of his policies totally agree with. Yeah. But he was also, like, def- he, he definitely would have been listening to true crime podcasts. Yes. Like, 100%. 100%. He would have been like, oh, my God, the new Ted Bundy tapes dropped. I'm on it. <laughs> it's already queued it. up. <laughs> He definitely would be a would be a true crime, hundred percent fanatic. I love that. Yeah, and then I'm gonna round it out on this one because it's so sad. So, prohibition happened during the presidency of Rutherford B. Hayes, yeah. president, and because of that, they didn't set they didn't like serve alcohol at the White House for any events. Oh, during rough. during his presidency. So his wife Lucy. Got the nickname Lemonade Lucy. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> Which I just feel so Aww. sad about. I'm just like, oh, Lucy, it's not your fault. This no, is just a honey. bad law. Bro, Lemonade. They don't call me Lemonade Lucy for nothing. <laughs> oh, Lemonade. 
Lemonade Lucy. Lemonade Lucy. Yeah. Shout out to Lemonade Lucy. You were only doing your well, your best. She had nothing to do with she it. She had nothing to work with. She what was, was she like, supposed to serve? Water? I know. She at least was trying to put some pizzazz in it. Right. I'm like, this is a classic example of the woman taking the fall for mm-hmm. a man's poor decisions. Because oh, Rutherford bless. was up there in the White House being like, yes, prohibit it. I don't want it. I don't want it in my body. My body is a temple. And Lucy's having to be like, fuck, I have 18 dignitaries coming for dinner. What am I going to serve? I'll go down to the market. <laughs> what do you have to drink and they just have lemons and she's like when life gives you lemons you, you make, make lemonade. lemonade and that's oh and my that's god the story of lucy lucy lemonade lucy Look, we're here we're allies we support you you did your Aww. best you did your best but yeah lemonade lucy that's rough yeah god and that's those are my fun facts I, that is so many i, love I know your fun those facts. are so i mean guys there's so many fun fun facts and i just pulled ones that really tickled me and i just i highly recommend you go to smithsonian for kids or national geographic for kids or any other things for kids because there's so many but yeah oh my god we've that's had some so weird good. presidents we've had some weird presidents yeah i guess since you've cited your sources i should also say that all of our material this episode came from the harvard law review yes senate.gov uh, <laughs> And the Constitution Center. We love. <laughs> we have sources. We have sources. We have sources. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And, and that's our episode. That's our episode, you guys. That was fun. That was super fun. Guys, you know what I'm about to say. You know what I'm about to say. Say it. Say it. You I love it so much. that we love you so, so much. And we hope that you enjoyed our episode. If you are feeling up to it you can find us on twitter and instagram at let's get civical we're on all the podcast platforms you can rate us review us subscribe to us we love you you can love us back and it'll just be this really consensual relationship that we both benefit from yeah so i don't know kind of like rose and jack kind of like rose and jack but we will not leave you behind behind we will not throw you off the door we're kind of like the two guys who are in the watchtower looking for so there's like come on you bastards and then the other guy right that's who we are like we can't do it without you no we can't you know i do like we need you so we love you and we will see you next wednesday bye